everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. Right now, we are in a mixed up, just crazy world right now. We have a lot of things going on, everything from uh, massive border illegal immigration. We have the homeless populations. We have everything from schools that are just being overrun with weirdness. And I'll tell you what, it is so fun when you go out and you have a somebody reach out to you through a mutual friend, start up conversations about humanity, how to raise kids, the energy sector, and then he hops on the podcast with his own book and what he's been doing about it. Floyd Trulio, um, sorry about that. Oh hey. It is so glad to have you on the podcast. How are you? Hey, doing? Thank you so much for having me here. I just love it. You know, I just love talking about about the book, about oil and gas, about life in general. Okay, you know, life is good in this country. Okay, I love it. It is. But, well, some people don't think it is, but oh no, and that's kind of wears me down a little bit when uh, you when people grump about. Uh, energy when they grump about our great heritage and you're a 14th generation here or correct going back to uh the year 1613 wow now uh tell me about that because that's pretty darn cool well it's you know uh i mean i was born in las vegas new mexico now okay. my family settled uh, uh during the the uh, spanish conquest back in the 1600s over in the area of taos and, and santa fe new mexico right so you have all these, and matter of fact, I'll even send you a copy of our written family tree. Oh, which how is kind, cool. kind of cool. But what's funny though is, is you look in there, and you know, I came here to Colorado when I was six months old. My yeah. first language is Spanish. I couldn't speak. I I, I spoke bro broken English. But you know, when, when we talk about things, you know, I, I look at my history, and and you go back, and and there's names in there that, for example, there's a, a woman by her, her name is Josefa Jaramillo, or they say Jaramillo. Her sister Ignacia Jaramillo. Okay, and they're in the family tree. What's unique is that is that Ignacia, my great aunt, she was married to Charles Bent of Bent's Fort's fame and the first governor of the territory of New Mexico. Wow. And then Josefa was married to Kit Carson. So basically, Kit Carson's my great great uncle through through my through my great great aunt. Oh, no so, so it's kind of it's it's an interesting you know thing to look at you know but you know we've been here for for a long time and like I said uh, you know and when I talk about military service you know it's you know. I'm a former Marine. Uh, I served. A, no, I was no. A I'm going to stop you right. I'm sure. going to stop you right there. Sure. You're not a former Marine. Every My Marine I, I, I have ever met, and there's there's several things in this world. I am about as old as Moses, and you never grump out or go nutty on a Marine because he's got about seventeen thousand buddies that he can go. Hey, I want an airstrike at this address, and you all bond together like you wouldn't believe, which I think is the coolest thing on the planet. You know what? I messed up there. Matter of fact, when my wife and I first met, she called me an ex-Marine. I said, hold on. I said, I said, you know what it says? You can have an ex-wife. You can't have an ex-Marine up over. So, so I, I'm so sorry for calling you out on it. But no, I, it's good because I, yes, I was a Marine, Marine, I was in the Marine Corps back in 73, 77. Oh, you know, so yeah, you know, 
You, I am so proud of you and thank you for your service. And well, thank you. Uh, um, now, your wife, uh, was she a U.S. citizen or did you meet her overseas or? No, met, well, she was six. She was six years old when she came to the United States. She immigrated cool. here. She's six. Her her uh, sister was 15 and the mother. They were married to, uh, she, he was married, she was married to a, uh, a Korean of Vietnam veteran. Oh, wow. And they came here and, you know, you talk to her, you know, she's not, a, she's not an immigrant. She's. She's a U.S. citizen. She's a citizen, she tells you. She's just, I'm American. All three of them, they're all registered to vote, and they vote in the right direction. Okay. So, so we have to make sure that, that when we talk about people, we make the assumption, you see, that the, the opposition, they use uh, tools against us, you know, to, right. to, to divide us, okay? Um, I have friends that, 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 that are big Trump fans, Republicans. They're, they're Hispanic. They, they're, they came from Mexico. They right. believe in faith, family, and the freedom to pursue the American dream. Exactly. And, 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 but what happens is they, they divide us and, and they convince people that, that that they're illegal, okay? I mean, look, U.S. citizens, they have the opportunity to change the, the direction of, of this country if we engage right. them on the political, political, political point of view anyway. You know, what's what's I, I love immigrants. Uh, I absolutely love legal immigrants. Right. And and what I'm really saddened by is the uh, I'm going to say the Green New Deal from a standpoint that it breaks families down. Mm-hmm. This past Christmas, I've said this. My uh, I had my in-laws totally went nuts, and I left my family's uh, Christmas time. I just didn't need to be around them. I don't. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm a humanitarian. I don't care what. Uh, we need to eliminate all energy poverty around the world. That's the only way that we can get advance as a uh, human beings and l- deliver the lowest co- cost kilowatt per hour, deliver uh, and take care of the environment. Well, you got to not print money in order to do renewable energy or electric vehicles. You've got to take care of recycling your solar panels or your wind uh, farms and they're not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. You're printing money, so it's bringing up inflation, and that ends family discussions. I'm all about a humanitarian. I I'm talking to leaders in Africa to try to help bring these conversations together, and uh, we're also doing a homeschooling event so that we're taking our material and starting to give back to folks for that. And that brings up your book. Uh, you've got a kid's book that I have got a copy up here and sh- hold it up. Show oh, us what it sure. is. Tell us about it. <clears throat> right there. Let's see. It's, it's fossil fuels in the classroom. The ABCs of fossil fuels. Dexter's Adventures. Now, it's Dexter, your buddy. Hold on a second. Dexter, where are you, buddy? <laughs> he's taking a nap under the desk. He is. He's a King Charles Cavalier. Great nice. little dog. And, and I love the, the Cavaliers. Whole- the whole, the whole, uh, uh, where this started was, was probably two decades ago. You know, I was, uh, I spent 40 years in the oil and gas industry. And I always had this concept here about 20 years ago about trying to, to change the narrative, okay? After 40 years, you know, I'm like, how come we're the bad guys? For 40 years, we've been called down, slammed, and humiliated, you know? I'm like, don't you understand what we do as an industry? So that's where it started, you know? And this was a, a three-year project. We're done with it. We should have our website up this this week, up and running, to to go out there and actually get on the list to order books. There's a challenge. I'm going to call it the Million Book Challenge. We try to, and the, and the reason is, is that 
if you could take a shot, take a shot for the moon. Only five books have ever sold one million copies in first day sales. Well, first day, no way. Well, first day sales is let's say that I start pre sales February 1st and I release the book on June 1st. So your pre sales all count as first day sales. Oh, five books, four books, Harry Potter. The fifth book was uh, Spare by Prince, Prince, uh, Prince Harry. Okay. Mm. No U.S. author or children's picture book has ever been printed in, in this country. So to, to achieve that, I'm challenging the, the industry and, and the country to sign up for a million book challenge. No way. So, so that's it. You know what? You got to take a shot. Now, realize in this country, we have 11 million U.S. oil and gas workers, according to, right. to API. So it should be an easy feat if I can get 10% of those folks to China to, to, to get the book. I think we ought to also uh, fold into uh, kind of like our buddy uh, Doug Sandridge mm-hmm. uh, and his his initiative for oil and gas executives uh, for nuclear uh, to band together. And let's take a challenge like he did and see mm-hmm. what we can do uh, on getting companies to buy these for their employees. How fun would that be? It's it's fun. It's the challenge that I find with that, okay, that I'm finding. Yeah. is that this DEI movement within the companies prevents that from happening. I'm finding more with, with a rank and file that like this. There was a large producer out east. Uh, I uh, sent it to their attorney, who was the vice president. He loved the book, once again, from his kids. Right. He, had run through, he had it run through corporate. So a couple of days later, he sends me an email saying, man, you know, we can't do it because of, he sent me three emails from the folks that, that shot it down. He says, because it's, it's too biased to oil and gas. I'm like, uh, that's the point. We're trying to promote oil and gas, you know? Right. And, and see, what's funny is that where LinkedIn comes into play, you can get those names and, and see their history. The three folks that, that knocked it down were, were part of the DEI movement within the company. So trying to get past that from a corporate standpoint is what we have to do. Wow. You know, so, I didn't even think of that. But individuals, but, but you, they love it. But, but you know, Floyd, you're trying to help do what the the oil and gas industry has not done a good job of, mm-hmm. and that is bragging about the goodness uh, that has done. And, and you know, the, even the EIA has said that we've reduced our carbon uh, footprint by 22 percent last year uh, due to the natural gas pi- uh, power plants. Right. Not because of any other reason. Yes, we did close some coal plants, but it had to be replaced with natural gas. So right. natural gas is the single cleanest uh, abundant source out there that's low cost besides nuclear. I mean, it's reliable too. Yeah. You know. Yes. Talking about EIA, let me share something with you that, that, that we don't see out there. Okay. okay. This is stuff that's out there that the industry, we got to share this. Can you see that or not? U.S. primary energy consumption by source in 2022. Right. Yep. And when you look at that, we talk about solar and wind. In this country, wind produces 3.8% more energy. Right. So, Depends on who you're talking to. They say yeah. about 90. <laughs> yeah, right. Wind is 1.85%. Okay. Yep. What's ironic is that wood... Produces two over two percent more than 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 solar does. Okay, so, I didn't realize that was that much. Yeah, it's there. It's it's there. But again, we have to educate. I'll tell folks this. You know what? Whatever position you take, that, that's fine. You know, but but at least do your research and understand what you're talking about. 
Right. That's all it is. You know, take a position, but understand it. You know, and and that's one of the things about being a podcast host is I never thought that I would graduate from uh, school in 77 and sit here and be a, a podcast host and really enjoy it. Uh, my day job's running my company, mm-hmm. but I, I do this as a passion because I get to talk to everybody around the world. And you have and fun. So, do what? You have fun. Oh, this I get to meet so many cool people and have great discussions, but I learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and and Floyd, the invitation is there for no matter what side of energy you feel, I want to know about energy. Mm-hmm. I wanted I've interviewed people about wind farms. I've interviewed some great people about battery storage, mm-hmm. uh prayer battery out of Norway. The only one, uh, and then another one out of uh, Washington, D.C. with uh, Tim, and they were recyclable battery technology. That's my big hot button. Let's get it where it's recyclable and good for the environment. So if we can all get along and not be like my family members that I had to leave that, we need to talk. Let's work through these things. The way you find, the way you solve, solve the problems, like even in yep. Colorado, okay, you need a divided government, okay, because this way, a divided government, okay, not just all Republicans, all Democrats. In doing that, you find the better, the best solutions and the best to solve things. I, I agree. You know, in in, in Oklahoma years ago, Floyd, I don't know how Colorado was. My both my kids were born there when we were up there, and I love Colorado. But in the old days, when I was really working a lot with schools, uh, with government and uh, uh, servers and computers, you could not tell the difference between a Republican and a Democrat in Oklahoma. They had one concern. Let's help the schools. Let's Mm -hmm. help uh, get our students more. Let's help get new jobs. Let's I mean. It was great running around the the halls of the Senate in Oklahoma back then. There was no difference. It was about Oklahoma first, right? I, where did all that go? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think I think what happens is is that the consultants on each side oh. they go to hard left, hard right. That's how they make their money. Okay, so it divides us. Is all it does, you know? It's and sad. what happens as in Colorado? We back in 18, 2018. Uh, they try to pass uh, is called Proposition 112 to the setbacks 2,500 feet for the uh, for drilling, and and the industry spent good money on it and they defeated it 55 percent to 45 percent. The problem is is that is that we lost all, all the elections. There's not a single power that the state holds in Colorado. They're all they're all held by anti oil and gas folks. Right. So following the so when the new governor took over, even though we said no. He signed into law. It was uh, Proposition 181. So oh, yeah. You, when when you have full control on either side, you you, you have you have no voice, and right. that's the problem we have in Colorado right now. Which is uh, very sad. Uh, uh, and it's kind of like poor old California. Um, the leadership in California are destroying the price of energy, and um, I've been digging up some information on that and. We help PDC um, uh, get their first wells approved under that uh, Senate bill under that because the regulatory issues are so bad Mm -hmm. that we figured out a way to automate the process and actually help go through and 
spell out how to do that because you had to uh, go get your ESG implementation and then go around to each house and find out how many uh, English speaking or Spanish speaking or had to go through all the block groups. You can't drill between X number feet of a uh, building. And if you do, you have to have this. So we were able to pull in all the census data and everything else. And we were able to get finally the the uh, permitting process going again. So it's nice to be a nerd where you can help that get done. So um, the more the legislation through regulatory process is going on right now, Floyd, is just despicable. And California, uh, Colorado's on the way of becoming California. We are. Well, the thing is, all those regulations, all it does is add to the bottom line of energy. That's all it does. Yes. It's funny, California, they're trying to shut down the oil and gas industry, but their usage of oil is not going down, it's going up. Exactly. All they're doing now is, is importing oil from Venezuela and other countries that don't kind of like us, you know, so... It, it's even worse than that, Floyd. I, I'm writing a, a thing going on that our buddy Governor Newsom, he had, you have better hair than him. I, I'm going to, just for our podcast listeners, you're going to have to go take a look at, at Floyd. I've got mine's flesh-colored, and uh, you look so much better than our buddy Newsom. Well, thank uh, you, sir. I'll take that as a compliment, definite compliment. Thank you so much. It is a huge compliment. <laughs> yes. uh, I, 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 would, I would have dinner with you in any moment. Him, not so much. But when we were sitting here and thinking, Floyd, um, they are shutting down their refineries. And so they're cutting a deal with China. I'm, I'm working on getting the paperwork on this because it's, it's almost done. China has increased their refining capacity a million barrels per day. Guess where uh, we're already buying 70% of the oil that is created in the rainforest by Chinese companies, California is already buying it. So that's going to the refineries that are being shut down. Why do you think Z was in California? As right after that, they made some more announcements that were coming through. And I've got some sources I'm working on. If it was, you heard it here second, that they're buying their refined products from China. That will be coming around the corner. It's probably going to be announced before too long. So what you're seeing is a green movement destroying the rainforests, destroying and traveling all the way over to China because, you know, they import from Russia, they import from Venezuela, they import from wherever, they, Iran, Iraq. And, mm -hmm. and so then they refine it there. They don't have the regulatory uh, issues, and it's not ESG friendly. And then they're going to pump it across the pond into tankers, uh, and then they're going to use it in California. Tell me you're going to be paying $30 a gallon here before too long. <laughs> oh, you're going to be there. Absolutely. It's, but you know what, though? This goes back. I remember this goes back to when Obama was first elected, okay? Okay. And, and uh, his, his energy uh, uh, secretary was, I think, Chinese Chow or something like that. Yeah. And he said that, that he wanted the price of gasoline in this country, in the United States, to be as high as Europe, 6 or $7 a gallon. Right. The reason was is because green energy cannot compete when the price of, of gasoline is that low. You need oh, high-priced no. gasoline yep. for, for green to compete. So this goes back to 2008 when Obama was elected. So it goes back further than that. You know, but it's so yeah. obvious what they want to do. And somehow, and again, 
It all comes out of education, period. Yep. Whether it's educate kids on a kid's book on, on what these are made out of to legislate it. You know, it's it's all about education. And Isn't the problem, cool? we have in this, problem we have in this country is that the, 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 the information by the mainstream media is so deceptive. You know, and that's oh, why you man. have to go. You have to go to podcasts like yourself and other sources of information to get the truth. I think that's one of the few reasons uh, my humor is not exactly well known. Well, I'm a legend in my own mind, uh, but um, I think that's why there's so many other great podcasts that are out there. Uh, there's the, you know, the JP Warrens of the world. There's the uh, Robert Bryce's of the world. There's David Blackman. There's all of these great podcasts, RT Trevino, um, and, and they're great punk. I think people are yearning for this. And Floyd, aren't you seeing that all the reports that the mainstream media is going broke and they're laying lots of people off? Absolutely. Yep. There's a re- people don't want to hear that stuff anymore. No. Yeah. Um, I'd rather listen to somebody uh, about being humanitarian. Um, and uh, I love Tucker Carlson uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and X. Uh, we got to get uh, uh, your story out there on X as well. I just dropped a podcast, Floyd, uh, yesterday and had 100,000 downloads on a Sunday on X. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> Go figure that out. So, you know, people want, people are starving for information. And I'm so thrilled that you've taken your passion up, Floyd. We're going to, we're going to continue. Okay. Like I said, this is a, this has been a, a dream of mine for the last three years. I've put everything into it. And yep. Dex has been there all along beside me as, as we do the book. And we hope to get this thing done and go out there and do a, uh, a roadshow. And yep. of course, we're going to go a political route too. this this week. We're going to, we're going to pursue a uh, something else to try to help this the state in this country. Oh, good for you. I want to make sure we help you out as much as we possibly can. And do you have your domain already purchased for your website that's coming up? Well, I do. I do for Dexter. It's okay. called Dexter'sAdventures.com. Okay. Dexter'sAdventures.com. Right. And it, it's a landing page. And we have actually, we do have some, uh, 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 our, our web designer is going to have that thing uh, done by this week. That's fantastic. Uh, we will, uh, by the time this one gets uh, put out there, we'll have it in the show notes and is there going to be a form there for people to sign up and get information on a newsletter or keep current events for you? Yes, there is. Absolutely. You know, it'll, it'll be everything from when the books are released to where we're going to be to uh, stories about oil and gas, you know, that, that, that I share with people. Well, you know, we need to put a Dexter in the news section on it because that is going to be cool. Have you seen Doomberg? Uh, I have. His- on his podcast, uh, I got to interview Doomberg, and he comes in as a chicken, and a green chicken, and is moving back and forth. We have got to get Dexter on there and kind of get a video of him and have him, you, talk through Dexter. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Wouldn't kids, that would be great to interview kids at school and everything else. We could dodge this up to the whole next level. You, you have the expertise, everybody, you know, so we'll tee it up and we'll figure it out, you know, so. Well, you know, I, I would look much better in a Dexter Mac mask. <laughs> oh, you, hey, you know, Dexter, he's a cool dog. You, you'll like him. The problem is he's such a hand. He just wants to be loved is all, you know. But oh, I love King Cal- Cavaliers. They, 
they are cool dogs. Um, uh, they don't get taught frisbees very much there, though, Floyd. Nah, they don't. He likes to chase rabbits. Never catches them. Right. But chase, chase frisbees. Nah, he's he's more of a curl kind of guy, you know, and chase rabbits. My my little Australian Shepherd is uh, she is a, a wonderful frisbee dog. She's a little old now, but uh, she also chased off a, a bear at my place. So I she's fearless. Uh, I think a King Cavalier. She's yours is ch- chased off too. We chased one off at the cabin here when I was about a year and a half old. With the cabin, I went outside to to. I heard some noise. Yeah, and it's 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 a little dark. And there's a there's a step that comes up about three feet from the door, wrap around deck. Right. So we go ahead having a leash. As I go out there, the bear the bear had just put his paw on the deck to come up. They're about two feet away. The bear kind of looks at him and does a bang and chases it. Bear turns and runs. No way. <laughs> like well, he, you know, he just, but that's just nature. They just like chasing stuff, okay? Dogs will do that, you know. But uh we have a lot of fun up here. You know, we were, if you're ever up here, we're in Roxborough Park. I don't know that, where that's at or not, but look up Arrowhead Golf Golf Club in Colorado. Oh, and and just, I know where that is. Beautiful up here. We just love it. it you know, so it is very pretty. Um, I would move back in a heartbeat, but all the people coming from California have changed the political situation out there. So it has, but here's the but. but. I don't know if I told you or not. I'm gonna take a run for for Congress here coming up. Okay. Great. How can we help you there? Uh, we're gonna we'll get you we'll get you a, a, a landing page here soon. Okay. But see, here's the thing: is that we talk about California's coming. Yes, I agree. Okay. Right. Ten years ago, I agree. Okay. Because ten years ago, a Californian would sell his house, come over here to Colorado, spend a million bucks cash for a house, have about three million in the bank. Okay. Right. The thing is, well, that's changed the last two years. Okay. The last two years, folks in California. Or even because of policy reasons. Okay. Wow. So they come here and, and, and they say, and see, those are the ones you want to get on board because they're leaving for the policy reasons, not because they have money, want to buy a house and tell, tell us what to do. Right. Okay? So, from that standpoint, as Republicans, you can't shun them. Those guys, you got to get them on board. In Colorado, we have 40% independents and yep. 20% on, on both sides, Republican and Democrat. But you have to find it's all about numbers. That's all it is. Yeah, right. I got more than you do. You win the, win the race. And the problem we have in, the, in this state anyway, Republican Party, they're fine with each other. You have the, the Freedom Group. You have the, the, the uh, Liberty Group. You have the uh, Rhinos and this. I'm like, guys, and you wonder why we don't have any, any power in the state? You've yeah. got to come together. And I'm going to pursue another angle there, which is, uh, again, you know, I, I go back 400 years. You know, and we have I spoke at a, at a, a meeting here. Douglas County, uh, 10 years ago, I said, the saving grace of this nation will be is that once you guys realize there's a group out there that share the same values of faith, family, that push yep. the American dream, okay? You call them Hispanics. I'll call them Americans of Hispanic heritage. I yep. said, that group in the state, they have the lowest voter participation rate, and they're almost 23% of the state. Wow. You get that behind you, this state is yours. But you can't do it if you don't engage with the people and share with them the values. We share the same values. We don't talk to each other. That is what will change the state. 
you just you said a few things that just resonated huge. Uh, the Hispanic uh, culture is phenomenal with the mamas. When I was working with the school districts, you did not want to have the Hispanic mom come up to that school because she was dead serious. My brother, uh, there was a difference between the Hispanic folks that came to the emergency room he was an emergency room doctor the aunts the uncles the kids uh the the neighbors if there was a hispanic family member hurt they flooded the er trying to be around that that person and the family unit is strong and in other cultures in the united states it's not and you'll see the mom there with the child and it's really sad so I, I love legal immigration in, Absolutely. in like said, Dallas. I am flat the minority in my neighborhood, and I love it. Absolutely have some of the greatest. My wife and I love being the uh, oddball out, and we we have great, great neighbors. Well, with so. us, I mean, look, look at me. Hispanic guy, right? My wife's Korean, so it's like big dynamic, you know. But again, you know, what I'm talking about are legal U.S. citizens, okay? N- not illegals. I right. mean, the illegal immigration is going on right now is destroying this country from all from different sides. You got to put a stop. Matter right. of fact, you, know, you talk to Hispanic U.S. citizens, they're like, "We don't want this here. It's going to destroy right. us." So, so there, there's a narrative that the other side says that we all want them. You know what? We do want you here, but legally, don't right. jump in front of the line. Period. Um, it just makes me airsick because we could do so much more as humanitarians, as Americans, and than what is going on. It's a power play. And we as Americans need to shine. And I believe truly, Floyd, that good will win. Uh, I think the road may be a little ugly. And I am so proud of you to get to know you and oh, thank to know you, that you are running for Congress and the Senate, and and I, it is the Senate, right? No, I ran for Senate ten years ago. Oh, okay. So I'm you're Congress run for, Congress for, for the House, correct? Oh, I I've I've been able to interview several really neat House members, and uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed my interviews with them, uh, Ogles and uh, Zach. Uh, they were great guys, loved visiting with them. I've got about another, the, the freedom coalition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a bunch of them that I'm uh, bringing in and I have an offer. Any politician that is Democrat or Republican, I want to visit with you. I'm hoping I get to interview the governor of Texas and Oklahoma I like um, him. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, that'll be kind of fun. I'm disappointed in Langford. Where did that come from uh, out of Oklahoma in the Senate? He's negoti- negotiating the deal that was just released. Is that yeah. with immigration? Yeah, it's like. Well, see, the thing is, that, you know, if, if you think about it, okay, this has been a problem for, for decades, okay? And you know what? The bottom line is really neither side wants to resolve it, okay? Now, now, now the power play is, is by the Democrats. You know, they bring him in and they say, well, we got to give him amnesty. The Democrats are looking for this as a power play. Republicans, as much as they talk, what they're doing is supporting the, the uh, low wages for businesses in, in, in the nation. Okay, so yeah. uh, until you until you resolve that and call people out for what, what it is, nothing will change. But it, it's it's it, it's and like it says you, we okay, we have got to change it. And by we, it means we have to get on on these guys' butts 
and say enough is enough. It's, it's been it's been 50 years, if not longer. Yeah. You know what? If you want to resolve immigration, they always talk about comprehensive immigration reform. I don't know what that is. Right. The way you start is by by enforcing the laws. That's where it starts. Well, I want to have you back and let's talk um, platform. Okay. Let's talk more political. This, I think, was a fantastic discussion as to get our listeners uh, kind of teed up for uh, you. And uh, we'll have you back and we're going to go through some of that. But let's get fossil fuels in the classroom with Dexter's Adventures. We're going to get that bad dog out there. I am so proud of you for everything that you're doing there. And um, I actually also, I want to give a shout out to Matt Shoemaker. I just interviewed him. He is running for the Congress uh, as well, too, in, in the House. And he is a biscuit older than being a millennial. And uh, he is a hoot. Uh, he's taking on AOC. And his tagline is, let's send intelligence to D.C. So uh, I would love to have you two visiting about your platforms because I think you, you you guys are just rock stars. So well, thank I mean, you, sir. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be an absolute hoot. So thank you, Floyd. Any last words before we bail out? And I we're going to have another visit. Keep in touch, okay? Like I said, you know what? We have the power to make, to, to 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 change things. Yep. But you have to get you have to get involved. You know, and, and you're involved. Thank you so much for, for what you do well, here. I appreciate I'm it. Doing, I'm doing what I can, and I'm blessed to have great guests. Thank so you, thank sir. you, Floyd. Talk appreciate to you soon. It. Take care. God bless.